You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma podcast. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode. Excited to share this episode with you today. But before we do, I've got to thank our sponsors. First of all, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. They've been a huge part of this podcast for the last few years. So the Oklahoma Hall of Fame have been sharing Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com. And for daily updates, go to Oklahoma HOF on Instagram and give them a follow. Our other sponsor today is the Chickasaw Nation. Now, the Chickasaw Nation have sponsored pretty much everything in Oklahoma. They're a huge supporter of Oklahoma. And it's an honor to have their name and their brand supporting this podcast. So a huge shout out to Governor Anatoby for supporting this podcast. It really means a lot. Our third sponsor is Diffie Ford Lincoln down in El Reno. Now, this one makes me so happy because these guys are great friends of mine, um, play a lot of golf together. I've bought my cars from them. Do most of my oil changes down there, have a cup of coffee, hang out down in El Reno. It's a good spot to go. And not only are they great friends, but they provide a great service. So for over 60 years, a third generation family owned Oklahoma business down in El Reno. They're also in Bethany as well. So people in the Bethany area know the Diffies really well. But if you're looking for anything new used, um, Ford, Lincoln, or whatever, I'm sure they could find anything you want. Um, check them out, diffieford.net, and then on Instagram at diffiefordlincoln. This episode is presented by Citizens Bank of Edmund. Citizens Bank of Edmund has been serving Edmund since 1901. They pride themselves on investing in the community and are here for all your personal and business banking needs. For more information, go to mycitizens.bank and follow them on Instagram at citizensedmund, as well as Go bank there because I bank there too. It's been a fantastic personal experience for me. I've had my podcast account there now, my podcast business account there now for a few, four years now, I think. And it's been fantastic. So definitely worth your time. They're a great group of people and they're always there to answer the phone when I forget my password because I seem to forget it daily. Um, So yeah, go to Citizens Edmund and um, check them out. It's been awesome. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike and here, host, back with another episode down at the one and only Mint Apparel today. <laughs> Cracking beers with our guest. Cheers. Cheers, Mike. I think that's the first time I cracked a beer on the podcast. No, it's not. It's the second time. Because <laughs> um, uh, Stone Cloud. Um, Joel. Joel from Good Stone Cloud. Good old Joel. Crack beers then. But yeah, cheers. Thanks for uh, thanks for all your clients for stocking your fridge with lovely free beer, which is fantastic. Um, I'm drinking Lively Beer Works Amber. What are you drinking? Uh, I've actually got a Coors Banquet here. Going with Banquet. Yeah, yeah going stuff. with the lights. Just going the light lager. Yeah. Can't beat a Coors Banquet though. It's, it's good, man. Tap the Rockies. It is Tap the Rockies for sure. We did have a little bit of uh, a little bit of snow this uh, this morning last night. Yeah. It felt a little bit like Colorado until... Well, about 11 o'clock today when it all melted. And oh, gone. my gosh. Those are some big flakes, too. Dude, they were huge. I was driving home last night. Um, I missed Usher's uh, Super Bowl performance to drive home in this, you know, before it got really bad. <laughs> I hear it was great. It was good, yeah. yeah. Uh, I also heard from a friend today that her work colleagues don't know who Usher is. Really? I was like, that's just this generation, man. We're getting to that age. That like, oh, man. You're I working just... with people who are like in their 18, 19, 20-year-olds, and oh. they don't know who Usher is. Don't tell me that, oh. man. That makes me feel so old. So old. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, excited. I uh, appreciate you having me on your podcast, uh, the Beer Hot Podcast, which uh, that will be out by the time this one goes out. And you guys post episode every couple of weeks and talk about beer, and we'll dive into why you started that. But uh, before we do that, Let's talk a little bit about you. What's uh, what's your Oklahoma story, man? Where were you born and raised? Uh, born in Tulsa. Um, basically, uh, my whole younger life living there, going to high school and all that sort of stuff. Uh, played music, uh, played soccer, was in track. I did kind of dabbled in a lot of sports. Um, and uh, But soccer was my main passion. Um, got a couple scholarships. Uh, my, my parents aren't too happy about it, but chose to, uh, go to OU instead of take the soccer scholarships. Cause I, uh, wanted to watch OU football. So, uh, ended up going to Norman and, uh, lived there going to school and, uh, met my wife. And then we kind of just stayed in this area of the state. We never went back. Uh, I always kind of thought I'd go back to Tulsa. I loved it. Uh, still do. Uh, but, uh, stayed here and, uh, we lived in Norman for a little while and then we moved up here to the city about, I don't know, about 11 years ago. So 
Love the state, man. Yeah. Proud, proud of it. Been here my whole life. Uh, grew up in Tulsa. Soccer sounds like the thing from a young age. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, uh, I was, I was, uh, I, I was, I was pretty good, I guess. I, I was very competitive. Uh, you know, uh, I was fortunate enough to have parents that uh, you know supported me through that, and uh, got to go to some really cool places and tournaments and whatnot. And um, you know, I really do miss it. I just, at, you know, at my age, I can't. I can't justify an ACL tear. So I've hung up the boots, man. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't, yeah, I, I obviously growing up in the UK, like you're playing it, you know, it's the first sport generally everyone plays. Um, and yeah, like I, when I came out here and would play intramurals, you know, five aside indoor. And even then I was just like, I, I'm going to break something. Yeah, man. If I don't warm up properly. And I was like 24, 25 at that and 23, 24. And yeah, man, I, I imagine the full pitch stuff. Now I got buddies so like, Hey, come to our game. And they go to soccer city and they're out there being yep. competitive. And like, especially on that, like turf grass, like mm-hmm. that's just, that, that is just, it just screams injuries and ACL and knee tears and just like, dude, it does. It grabs like, uh, it, it can really grab your cleat and, yeah. uh, really, you know, turn your ankle into like a way that's not natural with grass. Mm. You know what I mean? Where grass would like maybe tear a little bit and sort of give where yeah. that stuff doesn't really give much. God, it's um, and then, you know, you're getting hit into boards and it's basically like, it's basically like hockey and soccer combined. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but I do miss it. I, I I really man, I played it. I played at ISA and Soccer City for years and outdoor. You know when I came up here, and so I don't know. It's it's, but I'll just watch it from now on. You know, what was your position? Um, I started out uh, when I was younger. I started out as a striker because I I have a little bit of speed. Um, and then my coaches, as I got a little bit older um, and developed, uh, they moved me to wing. So, uh, the majority of my, uh, competitive career, I was, I was a right and left winger. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I basically, I was just running up and down the field. I don't know, running eight or nine miles a game, something like that. What, what, whatever, what, whatever you do in a game. Yeah. It's a lot of running. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned going to OU, uh, kind of despite your parents, you know, wanting you to go other places. Did you have offers to go play soccer university? Yeah, uh, all D2. Uh, but yeah, I had uh, several in Texas, um, one in Missouri, um, you know, regionally. Um, and they were all full rides, uh, at least the majority of them were. And um, I, you know, I always, I've always felt bad about that because, <laughs> I mean, you know, my parents, they dedicated all this time and money into me, you know, playing soccer and, you know, it paid off, right? Mm-hmm. Now their son's going to get their, uh, his, their school paid for. Um, and here I am saying, no, I think I'd rather, you know, party and watch OU football. And, you know, so <laughs> I think they've forgiven me. I'm not, <laughs> you know, at least, uh, at least I hope so. So, but yeah, so I, I chose, I chose that route as opposed to playing soccer. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the thing that took you, you know, I guess keeps you busy. You're, you're kind of love of sports. Does graphic design come in at that time? Does that come in later? Um, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so my dad, uh, was a graphic designer. Uh, that's what he did full time when I was growing up. Mm. And, uh, you know, learned a lot from him. Uh, when I went to OU, I needed to pick a degree and I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, but at that age, you know, 18, 19, whatever I was, uh, I, I didn't want to do what my dad did. I don't know. I don't, I call it a, call it, a, it wasn't rebelling. I don't, but it was, I don't know. just wanted to do something different, I guess. So I, I, I got a degree in uh, film video, um, did a, a lot of cool things. I learned a lot of cool stuff and, uh, my first job out of college was working for Channel 9 uh, here in OKC, and I was a uh, camera operator in studio. And I thought it was actually kind of a cool gig. Uh, got to meet some fun people, um, but the hours just sucked. I mean, I, my, my phone alarm was going off at 3.30 a.m., uh, you know, and anyway, so I could only handle enough of that. And I really didn't like television in terms of, like, live production, and so... Uh, and I had done some stuff, you know, like filming and, uh, like with like helping buddies and like that during college and a little bit after, and I just really wasn't into it. Uh, and so I kind of fell back onto graphic design because I already sort of had a familiarity with it. Um, and so I was applying for jobs and I, uh, ended up getting one, um, at a company called top of the world, uh, in Norman, um, they uh, they've since been bought by Fanatics, but they they do college headwear, yeah. uh, and they're one of the biggest in the in the in the country. Um, anyway, you got a really cool job there doing that, and 
you know, uh, I was into sports, so it was kind of a cool, cool fit. And I was doing graphic design, and um, you know, when you get to make a hat and actually see it being being sold and like Liz and I, you know, seeing seeing it be worn by other people around, it was kind of a cool feeling. Yeah. Um, so it was it was it was a cool gig, man. Um, it was a lot of fun. That's so anyway, I kind of fell back into graphic design at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, the Channel Nine thing. God, that must have just been. Three thirty alarms or three AM alarms get old fast, right? And obviously now they've gone to robots, right? They've, yeah. they've got like full on automated system. Uh, but yeah, having someone in, you know having to be there and do all that and like I can't imagine just and I get some. I mean, would would you just do shifts or was you all like you were on the morning show? Yeah, it was. Uh, I was mostly morning, um, but then like um, every now and then they would move me to evening because the evening was like the. Um, it was like varsity and whereas the morning was like JV. And so every now and then they'd want you to work the evening uh, because if someone were to leave and they would have to like, basically if you were to get promoted or whatever, they'd want you to have experience doing the evening, which is more difficult. Uh, so I would get to do the evenings every now and then, uh, but it was mostly mornings and I'm not a morning person. So like, you know, here I am staying up till one or something stupid. And then my, you know, I'm getting like two hours sleep. Uh, yeah, there was a, there were some phones being thrown across the room when the alarm went off at 3.30. <laughs> but back then, we didn't have smartphones. You know, th- those phones were a little bit more durable when they'd hit a wall. Right. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Those no- Nokia 3310s, yeah. yeah. they were indestructible. Yeah. They're still alive today. The battery's still full right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I can imagine. Like, that's why you just obviously didn't want to be there for much longer. And Couldn't do it, man. It's an intense world, too, right? There's a lot of egos to deal with, a lot of stuff going on. Like, mm-hmm. you know, especially during storm season, I'm sure that was chaos. Oh, it was, yeah. Uh, and then they'd have sweeps weeks where, like, everyone had to be there. You couldn't go on vacation, and, like, it was all hands on deck. And, um, you know, the th- something that bothered me a lot, though, uh, with the job is, um, uh, you know, I was in production. And, you know, the way it works in that world is like the the talent is the uh, the highest paid, the most, uh, uh, I guess, coveted, you know, uh, spoiled, all, all that sort of stuff. And here here the production is the one that, you know, the people that actually make it happen, you know, get uh, get less pay, you know, get less benefit. You know what I mean? It's just and it was it was hard for me to really stomach that sort of like uh, way of like doing business. Um, but that's the way it is, you know, so. Uh, and I wasn't going to be an anchor. That wasn't me. So, <laughs> yeah, that what a different life that would have been, right? I know, like, man. You're out there, just you know, covered in makeup and behind in front of a green screen, or doing, you know, covering car chases and whatever else is going on in Oklahoma City that people put on the news. Which I remember, uh, man. There, wh- one thing that sticks out in my head during that time period is. Um, we were there, or I was there when, um, you know, remember uh, standard definition and then HD was a sort of like the, 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 the transition. Mm-hmm. And um, I was there when they were like, uh, when basically they, the cameras, had, the HD cameras had been purchased. Yeah. And so they were like prepping everyone that like on this day, uh, it was going to be a lot more visible, the clarity and everything. So like basically the anchors were freaking out. They're like, do how much makeup do I have to put on? You know, like it was, this, yeah, it was this whole thing. Like, like everyone, like, especially the anchors, like, well, what, do, like, what does that mean? Do I need to like, can do, you see my nose? Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> do I need to trim my nostrils? Yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. But, uh, I don't know. That just stuck out because it That's was just, really it funny. was an interesting transition. Yeah. Yeah. Little things, right? Little stories of, you know, just stuff that happens. Like looking back, why does that stick out? Well, it's kind of a big moment for some yeah. people. Yeah. A uh, big moment in technology. So you leave there then, go to Top of the World, which is, yep. like you said, I mean, like the big leagues in, in game, you know, in hat stuff and, and design. And then you, is that when you really, you know, finally scratch your edge for graphic design? Yeah, like, I think... I'm pretty good at this. Like, oh, maybe I can make this a thing. I think, yeah, I mean, yes. I, I'd, I'd have to think so. I mean, kind of like... Um, I, like I said, I, I, I had done graphic design a little bit before, so I was just sort of like, uh, I was like basically taking the dust off or, you know, uh, you know, cleaning the rust off the wheels or whatever. Uh, and I, I was really digging the job. I mean, it, it was really cool, man. Like, I mean, you got to design hats for like Florida OU, kind of like all sorts of colleges and watch people, see people wear them on TV and things like that. Um, but at the same time, 
you know, like a few years in, I realized like this job was, uh, it was also, it was equally frustrating. You know, it was one of those, like, uh, like, like many jobs, there was a lot of like politics and bureaucracy going on. And, um, you know, I really hate that. And I, I, I can't really play ball. It's not really my sort of mentality. Uh, but then like there were just you know, situations, you know, like, um, opportunities that I, that I was getting passed over on, um, different scenarios were like finding out like other people, um, like, you know, were, uh, being compensated differently, um, in, in a way that I felt was very unfair. And so all these things sort of started like, I don't know, sort of like, uh, showing themselves to me. And I was just getting very frustrated. Like I, you know, to the point to where I just hated my job, you know, like it sucks because it was on paper. It's great. But then like a few years later, it's like all soured on me. So I was applying to other places, um, you know, wasn't really landing anything. So I was just kind of stuck there. And, um, kind of the light bulb moment really for me was I was in Tulsa for a wedding for a friend. And, um, I've told the story, but like, basically we uh, were walking downtown and, uh, we went to this like local screen print shop and they just sold like t-shirts that were all about like Tulsa. Um, shout out Boomtown Tees, by the way, that's who, that's who it is. Uh, walked in there, saw some really cool things. And, um, I was like, you know, like I had had to, I, I had screen printed a little bit in college. Um, and I was a designer and I, I've always sort of liked fashion. I've always sort of like been drawn to it mm-hmm. anyway. So I was like, kind of, well, this is, I could do this. And then I ended up talking with the, who I think was the owner, uh, at the time. And he brought me back in the back, showed me like the four, uh, four screen press. And, um, you know, I've seen him before, uh, I'd, I'd used him before and it was like, I was like, man, okay, like I can do this. Mm-hmm. So really, like in the next six months, um, you know, I was talking to buddies that were lawyers trying to figure out how to like um, start an LLC, you know, how to how to get a website. Like basically, what the hell am I doing? So I basically started a company, um, you know, in about six months time, launched it November 1st. And, you know, it's called Mint Apparel. Here we are now. Here we are. Yeah. So it was just sort of like kind of born out of like frustration, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, similar to a lot of entrepreneurial stories, right? Yeah. You just kind of like, I don't want to be at my job. I think I can do this. And, you know, it's something that fits naturally to you. You're already kind of in the industry anyway, you know, designing, and you already kind of had a little bit of experience doing this. It's just, yeah, it's a huge leap to be like, no, I'm going to leave my job because it's steady and it gives me a paycheck and benefits and start my own thing. Yeah. And obviously at this time, you're you're, mar- you're with your wife at this time, right? Yeah. So you've yep. got like a house payment and you're with all, you know, your relationship. You, right. It's a lot different if you're just like living in an apartment on your own. Oh, right? for like sure. You've got like, you know, a, a support, you got to support someone, but yeah. you also got a support system as well, which is good and a bad thing. And you know, like the way, I think it worked out really well at first, um, uh, you know, my, my wife's great. She's been supportive the whole time. Um, and you know, like I didn't, I didn't leave my job at the time. I kind of just did it. I just moonlighted, you know, and cause I really wasn't all that busy. Yeah. Uh, I was just sort of coming up with designs and, uh, figuring out what I wanted to print them on. And then, um, you know, popping up at like, uh, local festivals and art shows and things like that and trying to sell them to people that are walking around. And, um, so that's kind of what we did for, you know, the first couple of years, but it, but it gave me an outlet. That was the most important thing. Like, um, yeah, I could go to jo- I could go to my work and be frustrated. And I was, but I knew that when I went home, I had something that like I was passionate about that I could work on, you know what I mean? So it gave me, it, it made it, it made everything in a way. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I was still looking for other jobs, but, but it, but it passed the time a lot better. Yeah, you're right. It gives you something to look forward to, you know, and gets you through the day every day, right? When yep. you're slowly getting new orders or, you know, friends are going on bachelor parties or bachelorettes and like, hey, design us a t-shirt. I mean, whatever it is, you're getting in the woods, getting out there. And like I said, going to shows on the weekend and, and building it that way. It's such an organic way to build it. Yeah. And But then also like to your kind of you're building it on your terms, right? You're not rushing into things being like, I've got to make this order and do this because I need the money. Like, you're just like, no, I'm, I'm okay. Thankfully I have a job coming in that even though I don't enjoy it, like I, it's my support system. And then you're like, Oh, I'm going to do this this weekend. And so yep. you build which is you build it your way. Dude, uh, you, uh, you couldn't have said it better. Like, you know, I think uh, the route that we chose was a very patient one. Um, you know, like we, yeah, I mean, I could have probably sought after, um, you know, investors or something like that. Um, 
but you know, we didn't. And my wife and I just chose to sort of like slow grow this thing. Um, and you know, it's, it's still that way. Like we, you know, we don't have outside money. We don't, um, you know, basically a lot, like everything that we make, uh, outside of my pay goes back into the business. And it's, it just, it's, uh, you know, we've, just toward the, we took the slow road, but, but, you know, I, I, I wanted to do it because I, it gave me, like you said, a way to be able to build it the way I wanted to build it. Where's the name come from? Um, so it's kind of interesting. Um, you know, it's not the greatest story or anything like that, but back in the beginning, when I first formed the company, um, all the designs that we would print on shirts, um, were designed based on words that had the suffix meant. So I'll give you an example. Um, we had a shirt that was, uh, sort of kind of Kelly green and we sort of like designed like an old push lawnmower. Um, and it was called moment. So it's a play on words with the suffix meant. Uh, so it's a, anyway, so, and then we had another one, it was a pink tank top and it had, it had, a, it had like a little piggy bank on it. It was called uh, pigment. Uh, so in the, the very beginning, all of our concepts, um, had you know the suffix meant and the design and the, and the name uh and it was cool you know I, th- I i do think one of these days i think we're gonna uh you know kind of maybe uh pay a little homage to that and go back and do a couple things like that um we've gotten away with it because you know i knew i knew that it was going to be limiting you know long term so uh but that's how it started uh so it was meant apparel and it was based on the suffix meant yeah so how how long have you been in business for uh, it'll be 11 and a half right now. Okay. So 12 this November. Yeah. I was thinking if you, you know, you're at the 10, 10 year mark, you could bring yeah. it back, but we're already past that. So we'll think of something else. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, it's cool to do it, right? It's cool to have something unique to do that. And, you know, like you slow, slow build it. Um, did your wife share any graphic design? Like, is she artistic as well or not? No, she's a, she's an accountant and, uh, that helps in business too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Shout out to my wife. Uh, you know, we've, I've been sort of the one running the day to day and, you know, doing most of the, most of the work, but she's in the background doing our books and taxes. And I could not be more thankful for that. I, I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to numbers. I am not, I'm sure I could learn, yeah. but I don't want to learn. And I, and you know, this allows us not to have to pay someone to do it. Um, so yeah, so no, she's not a designer. She's, she's a CPA. She has another job, so she doesn't do this full time. She just does it on the side. Yeah. There are people in the world like your wife who are great at numbers and then there are me and you. Yep. (laughs) Right. It's just like, I know I could do it. Do I want to? Absolutely not. Oh man. Just stay in your lane, dude. I I know it's not my strength. I'm not going to go there. Right. God. So business is slowly growing. You're still working at, um, you know, at your, at your day job, you're not really enjoying it. You're applying for jobs. You're looking for, you know, something, but this is like the dream road in the back of your mind that one day you can quit everything and go into it. Yeah. When does that happen? So, uh, a little bit down the road, um, not that far, uh, not that far after I founded it, I got, I did get another job at Cisco foods in Norman, Oklahoma. So like not actually that far from where I was working at the time. Mm-hmm. And I knew nothing about food. I've never worked in the food business, but the job sounded cool. It was a marketing and design coordinator. And so basically what I learned really quickly is, um, there was one creative person for the entire Oklahoma branch. And that was me. So I was being bombarded from all different directions. I was doing videos, doing photography. I was doing uh, menu design. I was doing, uh, I don't whatever. Wow. Like it was just, but it was, it was actually kind of fun. Every day is different. Yeah. Every day was different. Um, and I did enjoy it. Uh, I probably would have stayed there longer, but um, there was a point in 2017 where my wife and I had a conversation and we were like, you have to choose one. It got, it got to that point, thankfully. Um, and so, you know, luckily with uh, my wife having a good steady job, you know, we made the decision for me to leave Cisco and, and do mint full time. And so that was, that was the, uh, the end of January in 2017, I left, uh, and I haven't, I haven't worked for anyone since. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a great feeling. Right? It is, man. I, I could go back if I had to, uh, but it, it would be very hard because it's not, it's just not the way I operate. Yeah. But there's so much strength in that too, right? Like taking that leap and in your head, knowing that you're totally fine going back to, 
you know, whatever it is that you want to do, like, and, and having that reassurance that there are plenty of jobs out there that if I wanted to go back and get a job, I could get one sure. in a week and I'd be fine. But I just love like that, you know, I think that entrepreneurial spirit or whatever you want to call it that, you know, we share and share with so many others who have taken that leap. It's totally worth it. Even if you don't succeed. Yeah. Right? Like it is, it pains me when I see people just like stuck nine to five and they're just like, what do I do? Right. But it's, some of them are really, it's sad because some of them are stuck because they've got bills and they don't have that like right. creative side or whatever it is. But you know, it seemed that during COVID and over the podcasts that I've done, there's so many that like, Hey, I started a business during COVID and mm-hmm. now I'm doing this, right. Well, I was working from home and like people had that just slight opportunity to take a full advantage of it. And they did thankfully. And it's just, yeah, it's God, I wish everyone just, Give it a go, and, and like like you did, start a business while you're already, you know. There's so much stuff that can be done from eight to midnight after you put the kids to bed. Sure, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely, and I, I couldn't agree more. I, I uh, there's there's a lot to be said about doing just going out on a limb, whether whether you leave your full time job or not. I think even if you fail, like. I think if, if, if you're one of those people that is stuck and you're wanting to do something else, even failing, doing the thing that you're trying makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, now you'd rather not fail, but I, I, in failure, at least, you know, you tried there is, there's a, there's a peace of mind. There's like uh, you know, there's closure a little bit with that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I wish more people would try. I, I really do. I have friends alike that, you know, don't like their jobs and, you know, I've tried to impart what I can, you know, but you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's up to them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you only fail if you give up, right? Yeah. Like you can continue to keep failing and failing forward and keep doing and doing and eventually get there. And obviously granted it takes some natural talent and you know, a bit of kind of can do attitude. You can't just show up and be like, Oh, I'm going to do this now. Well, it takes time and effort, but it's so worth it. It is man. Uh, it really is. I, uh, it it's gratifying. It's um, I don't know. I you know I, I look back sometimes and I put myself. I try to put myself in in the in the shoes of like pre mint John and um, it's you know it like it's hard. It's hard because I'm like oh my god like like what if I was still like, like what if I was still in that situation you know like I would be a different person than I am right now. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't be the same person and and you know for the worse I think probably yeah. yeah. So I I don't know I. I I, I, you know, I, I, I hope that people can find at least the courage to be able to try something, even if it's moonlighting, you know, I think, yeah. um, you never know, man. You ne- that's the great, that's the great way to say it. You never know. And also, you know, you work more hours now than you did working at Cisco or working at, um, you know, the, the apparel place, but it doesn't feel like work, you know, because right. you come, I come in here and music's on, you're having a good time. You know, like we had a creative night here a couple of months, a couple of weeks ago, which went really well. And that yeah. was, you know, still eight o'clock. Like that doesn't feel like work, you know, like mm-hmm. it's just kind of hanging out with a bunch of guys and just talking about, you know, what it is that we do. But then also you you know, you're going to events on the weekend, like you're going with the pop-up stuff with a tent and right for the marathon. Like you're, if you probably look at your time spent, you're effectively working more which most people would be like, well, why would you want to do that? You want, you know, why would you not want right. your weekends to yourself and to watch the football or, you know, what, whatever it is that people do on the weekends. I don't, I don't work a nine to five, so I don't know what I would do on the weekends <laughs> if I did. But like, it's different when you love what you do. It is, man. It is. And, you know, there are people out there, um, you know, my, my wife is one of them. She, she's not interested in right. taking a leap and she likes the, she likes the idea of knowing that Saturdays and Sundays, there are no work. And mm-hmm. so, you know, there are people that like the uh, security and routine of, of the eight to five or nine to five. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm not one of them, but man, like, you know, I work, I work way more than I did, like you said, when I was at Cisco or top of the world, but it's it's so it's gratifying yeah you know like i don't mind putting in 80 hours because it's it's i love what i do yeah yeah you're, you're totally right there's there's people for it right there's people that just want to sit around on saturday on the couch and cuddle with their dogs and do nothing um or plant you know go gardening or run or whatever it is and i'm just not wired that way and obviously you're not either yep but what i have an issue with and then what I just want to 
people listening to just give it a go is those people who are in the middle, right? Yeah. Like they're on the fence. They're on the fence. They yeah. don't like what they wanted. They don't like what they do. They have a dream to start something. Start it. Just figure out. There's plenty of sleep a little less. Yeah. Right. Like there's just, plenty of time in a day. People. People, you know, I think sometimes when we're busy, we get over, and if you're overwhelmed, I mean, it's, it's easy to think about how much time we don't have. Yeah. But I think, I think the majority of the time people, um, actually don't realize how much time there, there is, so you know, like, you know, we're sitting, you can sit around and look at your phone for an hour or two. Well, yeah. you know, that's a lot of time that could have been, yeah. you know, productive other, other places. And so, you know, it's just, it's, it's, uh. It's finding, it's prioritizing your time mm-hmm. and what you want to spend your time doing, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. So, 2017, the moment that you think, I'm doing this full-time and going into it, you should quit your job at Cisco. Um, what's kind of the state of the business at that point? Obviously, it's doing well. And kind of, what are your kind of core clients? Do you have, like, repeat business? Do you have, because a lot of your business is breweries now, right? Yeah. And that already kicked off. Like, tell me about the state of the business at that point. Yeah, so um, I'll back up a little bit. So a little bit before that 2017 departure, um, something something key happened. So up until uh, about mid-2015, maybe early 2016, I can't remember exactly, the majority of what meant was was retail. So we would, we would print, we would design, you know, I would design our own stuff, and we would print it, and we'd sell it at... Uh, we had a website, and then we, of course, would sell it at uh, different festivals around the state. We'd travel around on weekends. Well, um, before I left Cisco, I interviewed for a job at Anthem Brewing uh, for a marketing and sales uh, director, I believe is what the title of the job was. Um, I didn't get it, but I ended up meeting uh, Patrick Lively, who is at the time was the president of Anthem. Uh, and we really kind of kicked it off. He really liked me. Um, and you know, something I sort of, something I actually brought up in the interview was how breweries, uh, all the apparel I see at breweries are very sort of, uh, I don't know, just out of, out of touch They're you know, they're on black t-shirts with white print. There's no character. Uh, it's basically just a logo on a black tee and there's nothing wrong with that, but everyone's doing the same thing. And we kind of had a discussion about that. Well, when I didn't get the job, I took it upon myself to put together a little uh, presentation for him of what what I thought Anthem could do, um, and I sent it to him. And I don't. I think within like 24 hours, I got a response from him, and he really, really liked it, and he wanted to set up a meeting. Um, and so, basically, that was our first, uh, you know, B two B customer, business to business. Uh, uh, before that, it was only to customer, B2C. So we basically got uh, Anthem as an account, and we were doing seasonal lineups. Um, we would produce, like, logo shirts and stuff for them, but we would have a seasonal release, spring, fall, uh, summer, and winter. Um, and it would all change. It would be low supply, high demand sort of thing, and we'd have, a, we'd have a party. I would come up and set up and introduce myself, talk about it if people wanted to talk about it. Anyway, that that started going really well. And so the 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 news start like through our social media and through other people that would go and see it, they would tell so-and-so and whatever. And so we started, I started getting contacted uh, by other businesses wanting, wanting us to do their businesses like shirts and stuff like that. So that sort of kind of snowballed. And what happened was I started getting so busy and that's what led up to me having to make the decision to leave. Um, because now all of a sudden it wasn't just me designing t-shirts and setting up on a Saturday. Now I'm having to fulfill orders for people, um, you know, make deliveries and, and, uh, basically keep people in stock and having to go there and see, you know, see what their inventory levels are like and things like that. So that's kind of how it all got started um and then when i left at this point we had already built up a decent client base and it just sort of kind of kept going um and the majority of our businesses early on were breweries because uh, i'm a big craft beer fan and i think people saw what we were doing with anthem and how we were sort of we weren't changing their image but we were making them sort of we were making them cool on a level that they weren't cool before yeah um and, you know, and so anyway, it was kind of cool how it all happened. Uh, you know, I've always been a fan of like color and fashion. I've, I've mentioned that earlier, but um, not a lot of people would really, people weren't using that as a way to sort of like outfit their own brand. Um, and so that I was, 
you know, in a way I was kind of a consultant as well. Yeah. Uh, so I'd kind of like educate people on, Hey, you know, this is, this is in fact, or this is in trend right now. This is what people are buying. Mm-hmm. This is what I think you should do. And so, yeah, left, left Cisco because of that sort of snowball that happened from Anthem and it just kind of kept going. Yeah. Yeah. So, but like you said, before that moment, you know, you had your eye on fashion and obviously a, pa- a passion for fashion. Wow. That's hard to say. Um, <laughs> you had, you know, it, it, obviously a, a passion for it and, up until then, the business was you creating designs, and that's very tough to do, right? Yeah. Like, like the the having a, having a you know an account with Anthem and breweries like seems like a more streamlined part of business rather than you going out and thinking what's in trend now? Do I create this? Because fashion changes all the time. Oh yeah, right. And like, obviously, you have a broader audience if you just cater to you know compared to catering to just breweries, but. You also you're competing with so many more people too. Yeah, so hundred percent. That came at uh, came at a really good time to just to you know, and and I love just like the intuition that you were like, yeah, I just put together this because it's what I do. Yeah, you know, you didn't get any, you know, yes, something came of it, but you didn't expect something of it. No, you, know, you didn't get the job, right? right. Like, something, right. and then Pat's just like, this is awesome. Yeah, and it's like kind of goes back to what we were talking about, like just. Uh, like the worst, the worst that can happen is someone can say no. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe people get beat up about that, but like to me, no, doesn't, it doesn't affect me. It's just, it's just a word, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, like the worst that was going to happen was I was not going to get an email back ever. Yeah. And then I was just going to move on. But yeah. you know, like it didn't take me that long to do it. I mean, I already had things in mind. Um, and so anyway, it's, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I'm forever thankful for Pat because, you know, now he opened a new brewery, Lively Beer Works, right? You're drinking his amber. Uh, but, you know, Pat sort of kind of opened the doors for me. And, um, you know, I, I've told him on, I've told him this on many occasions, but I've always sort of been thankful for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's your, your, it's your foot in the door. Right. Yeah. And obviously the brewery scene, it couldn't have come at a better time. It's exploding at that time. Right. And obviously it's only getting better now. Um, you know, and, and then, like I said, you do a great job for Anthem and, you know, because everyone knows everybody in Oklahoma City, you start getting phone calls from, you know, the guys around. And also, like, they're already doing wacky can designs, most people are, right? Yeah. Like, they're already trying to separate themselves anyway. Why not put that artwork into their clothing line? Right. right? Yeah. And like you said, you've already got the fashion element to add to that, whether yeah. it's just, like, different hat styles or, you know, like, crop top hoodies for the women, whatever it is, like... You know, there there is something that is just better than black T-shirt with white, you know, logo on it, which I am sat wearing a black <laughs> This Is Oklahoma T-shirt. I know, you're, wear. you're right I across me. I was laughing my head off when you were saying that. But like, you know, like... But this is just, you know, I don't... My... This is just for me, and I don't... I'm not trying to... If I were trying to sell these as a, as a, a product... Yeah. It would need to be a little bit more cooler than just, like black with the logo you know like it's you need to and then with the seasonal thing such a good yeah. idea too because like if you have those raving fans that love your brewery or your business if you keep redesigning stuff they're gonna buy it from you exactly you right? you're 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 uh basically your regulars are gonna end up buying repeat merch i mean that's what i that's the first thing i tell anyone is like listen if you just have logo tees you can change the color of the tee mm-hmm. but if you know you know, one of your regulars has that t-shirt in a different color, they're very, uh, unlikely to buy another one and just, unless they just really love the color, but you put new stuff out. It doesn't have to be seasonal, but you put new stuff out like on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Guess what? That one sale from that, from so-and-so is going to turn into, you know, maybe three or five over a course of a year that adds up. Um, and the same can go for the beer too, you know, like I'm, but it's just, it's a way of doing, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a retail strategy. It's a, um, and honestly, just kind of like, if you're putting out stuff anyway, it's kind of common sense to me. Yeah. Did you kind of take your love of, I guess, I assume it's streetwear fashion that you're a big fan of. Do you take your love of that and just kind of mash that into the brewery world? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes I would use their mark as a secondary mark, uh, as a part of a bigger graphic. Um, uh, sometimes I wouldn't at all. Sometimes maybe I would use, I'm a, uh, typography is one of my, uh, big skill sets when it comes to graphic design. So, um, I would lean into that and I would use typography to sort of like, uh, depict something, um, which is a good way to do it because basically it's still saying the brand without actually having the logo. So you can accomplish two things at once. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, it, it's a, and it's a lot of fun and we still get that today. We, you know, um, it, it's really fun to work with a, a business that lets sort of like me do that. Cause that's, that's the most rewarding part of the job itself is being able to design something like completely from scratch, something in my head that wants to escape, um, and turn it into something that will sell for them. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that is the, that's, that's, it doesn't always work that way. Some people just want, you know, branded stuff, which is fine. There's a place for that too. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's the really fun part of it. Yeah. Tell me about your love for craft beer and how that integrates. And obviously then we can dive into, you know, your beer yeah. app and podcast. Man, uh, I always remember my first craft beer was in college when I had no money. And I remember I bought, it was a uh, flying dog was a brewery. Uh, I actually, I think they're still around. Uh, but anyway, I, I bought it because the packaging, it was just so cool looking. It was so badass. It looked like, uh, it looked like nineties grunge meant like, like a rave. Um, it was just kind of wild. And so I, I, I remember spending six ninety nine on a six pack. And I remember thinking that was so much money. And then I, I was like, I better, better like this beer. <laughs> anyway, it was fantastic. I've never had anything like it. It was unbelievable. Blew my mind. And the problem with that though was now I wanted all the craft beer and I couldn't afford it. You know, like I, I was a college student with no money. So, but I would get it. It would, it would be like a treat for me. And so I would get it when I can get it. And then, you know, just fast forward over the years, I just kept drinking. it. It's just so good. And then we would travel, uh, whenever we would travel, I'd try to hit up breweries and I would do my own research, you know, uh, R and D or whatever. Um, and when the laws changed here, man, it was like, it was like, let's go. You know what I mean? And like, uh, and I I am, I know I'm biased, but I've been around a lot of parts of the country. I really think Oklahoma city has some of the best craft beer per capita in the entire country. Uh, I really truly believe that there's, there's a handful of markets that are hard to compete against, but Oklahoma city is makes really good beer. Um, so we're like, if people don't realize it, we're spoiled. Yeah. 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 I, I don't like, I, 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 not that I don't, I just don't have time, as much time to dive into it, I think. Like, I don't, and I grew up in the UK drinking, like, lagers, right, generally, yep. um, and some other warm beers that I might drink in the winter. There's a beer named Doom Bar out of Cornwall, so good. Um, Ooh. And I used to work behind the bar at the golf course, which is, I get to sample a few things <laughs> when nobody was watching. Uh but like, you know, and I, I don't have the palate for it. I don't think yet. Yeah. I'm probably, maybe I will, maybe I won't, but it's just fun to see people in Oklahoma city get behind a new scene. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and like, yeah, you'll always have your people who just like kind of similar story to you. They've loved it for, for a while. And then the scene just scene kind of happens and it's just fortunate the scene happened yeah. around you. But then you get the people who, no idea what craft beer was until the scenes kind of come up. Yeah. And now they are really, they've dove into it. Right. And right. maybe they've started homebrewing and have opened their own space. Right. Or, you know, whatever it is, but like, it's such a great draw to Oklahoma city's kind of tourism market. As it well. is not just the locals. I agree. Especially, you know, especially with, um, you know, being like at the, basically the crossroads of two of the largest interstates in the country, you know, we get a lot of traffic coming through here and, um, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't have a, like a, I don't have like a data sample to be able to share, but like, I just know from other breweries, you know, they get a lot of people from out of town that are driving through and, you know, it, 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 that is a thing that people, you know, are doing these days where, you know, they're, if they're, if they're going through a market or if they're staying there, they, they look up breweries and stuff. And so, uh, it, you know, I think it's really cool. And, you know, we, we just have really good beer here and I'm so proud of like how good it is, you know, compared to some of the quote unquote, like best markets in the country, you know? Yeah. Where is Colorado the best? Yeah. Place? Like Den- there's a few of them like San Diego, uh, Denver, um, are two big ones. Um, San Francisco area is big Portland, um, Asheville, North Carolina. Um, and then like the, um, there's like St. Petersburg, yeah. Tampa area in Florida. But anyway, but there's some like the, the, the famous ones like Denver and San Diego are very big and, um, we're not there, but like, I'm proud to say that we're in the arena. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. We're on the map. Yeah. 
Tell me about the uh, the beer hop thing then. That I guess, what's the reason? I mean, you're running a business, you're busy, and then you decide to launch an app and yeah. just you know, like a whole <laughs> a whole have a whole thing. Well, something you should probably know about me before I even mention this is I I, I tend to uh, I I tend to sort of take on more projects than I can really sort of handle. Uh, it's a man thing. I'm yeah. guilty of it too. And it's not even necessarily just businesses. You know, like I was coaching soccer teams. I was I was I was organizing trips. I was I was basically the one that would I would spearhead the project that no one else wanted to spearhead, sort of thing. You're the guy. Yeah, I, I am, and uh, and I was good at it, so it was fine, but. Um, years ago, I was hanging out with some friends. Um, shout out Matt Connor from Frenzy, his wife Beth, and then Brandon Jones, homebrewer, and his wife Julie. We used to do this trip to Eufaula, um, you know, several times a year. We'd go to the lake and hang out, and we'd drink a, a, a lot of beer, you know. And uh, we were drinking, and we had this idea to sort of create this sort of, uh, I don't know, sort of like a thing that, like, uh, would give everyone the information that they would need to know about the breweries in one place. Um, you know, we didn't have all the details worked out, but we sort of like, we came up with the name, we started like securing social media and, and URLs, like right then when we had been drinking, you know what I mean? And then like, like a year goes by and you know, we, we haven't really done anything with it, but I kept thinking about it. But at the time the laws hadn't changed. And so the, the tap rooms aren't at the time the tap rooms aren't like what you think of now where you could just go in and have beers and you know maybe food it was totally different the for people listening give us some context on what the law changed so just so they're aware of it yeah so uh pre pre law I mean, there's been several laws changed but the big one uh pre or before that basically you would go into a tap room and there are only like a few of them there's only like like maybe a handful most i can't remember but you would go in and you could only have 12 ounces of beer um, and you couldn't even have it. And it depended on the brewery. Like it, the, it was kind of weird. Like people would find loopholes and things like that. But like one brewery you would go and you'd have to get it in, um, I think it was like four ounce pours yeah. and you could only have three, four ounce pours. One of them, you could get a full full 12, but that's all you could have. But basically 12 was the marker. And after you had that, you had to leave. Because it was brewed on site? Yeah. Okay. And so it was had something to do with like the manufacturing and not being able to um, sell product to a consumer being a manufacturing sort of status, um, to my knowledge, I yeah. think. Well, anyways, when those laws changed in 20, I think it was 2016, I believe, or 2017. I can't remember exactly. 2016. Um, that totally changed the game. Now, basically, these tap rooms that were open could now just sell... Like they could operate like a brewery now or like a bar. You could just go and have multiple beers yeah. if you wanted or whatever. Um, and then, so not only did that like open the doors for the breweries that were open, but now you saw all these other breweries starting to open or plan or breweries and planning and things like that. Because now it was actually, you could make money owning a brewery before you had to distribute. And that was the only way you could make money. Now you could, uh, you could distribute and, uh, make taproom, uh, revenue. Um, so that's what changed. And so when we were touring around with this idea, those laws, that law hadn't changed yet. And so we didn't really see the point in putting out some sort of like um, one-stop shop for craft beer because people aren't visiting tap rooms. That law's changed. That law changed. And I saw uh, it was green light. And so I, I basically followed over my friends. I'm like, hey, are we doing this? And they're like, uh, no, like, like you know, have at it or whatever. I was like, okay. So, uh, basically I started formulating, uh, form, uh, formulating a plan of how to launch this thing. And so the, when we launched in February of 2019, um, the plan was we were going to have these pamphlets or booklets, I guess, really, uh, in every single tap room in the Metro. Um, and that, that, that pamphlet or the, sorry, the booklet was going to give you, you know, the brewery, where it's at, it's ours. Uh, if kids could come, if you could have dogs, did they sell food? Could you allow, or could you bring food in? All the thing, all the FAQ stuff that you would want want to know as a, as a, as a patron. Anyway, we started distributing those out and all that sort of stuff. And um, meanwhile, when we were doing this and it was taking off, people were getting like like loving it, and especially the. Uh, the bar staff because now they no longer had to pull up their phone and show someone from out of state. They yeah. could just say, Hey, go grab that. Um, but I, like, I think I, I, all along I wanted it to be an app, uh, eventually. Um, I just didn't have the capital to be able to do it up front. 
so we gave it a few years and um uh shout out josh uh, delosier he he approached us and was like hey i don't know if you guys ever want to do an app um but basically i built it and here it is <laughs> shout out to josh yeah i mean talk about a sales pitch like, i mean the guy yeah. shows up he had built yeah. beer hop yeah. uh the app uh based on the pamphlet or the booklet or whatever and uh and I mean, I was like, wow, like, you know, uh, he didn't have to say like, it would look like this. He basically, I was just, I was able to use it right then and there. And so we talked and we brought him in as a partner. And so he's been partnered with us and he's awesome. He's our, he's our developer and, uh, my right hand guy. And, uh, he produces the podcast and, and, uh, does a hell of a job with it. And so, yeah, kind of like in a, in about a five year period, we kind of went from, supplying all these breweries with these cool physical booklets that had all this information and fun little games to do in them to keep people, uh, you know, entertained to like a full fledged app. And it's pretty, it's pretty cool, man. And now it, it encompasses the whole state now. So it's not just the Metro. So all the breweries in Tulsa, all the rural breweries, all that sort of stuff. How many breweries is that? I think we're at, God, I think we're at like 78, 79 or something like that in the state. That's awesome. Isn't that crazy? So good. I mean, shout out to Josh. I love just, hey, I, I don't know if you want an app, but I've built it, and here it is. That's <laughs> like, pretty boss, man. He was, yeah. like, he was just like, here you go. <laughs> I want to be involved. If you want this app, yeah. get me involved. God, sick. Uh, yeah, and it's obviously then you start the podcast and get to chat and hang out with you know people who love craft beer in Oklahoma. Yeah, no, man. We just had you on a couple yeah, weeks ago. Pumped to hear it. It's I don't get to sit in the opposite seat very often. Isn't it, I, I isn't really it cool? Enjoyed it. it is so much. Yeah, it's just like, and for me, it was refreshing because you know my my podcast generally follow the same model. You know, sit, tell the guest story, hang out. But you guys just kind of come in here, crack a few beers, and just just have a blast. And it was so refreshing to just kind of like not in my head, like not think of, okay, what am I going to ask for the next question? What's going on? And I think that helps when you've got, you know, there's three or four of you in, in around a table, right? You, it, the questions are coming from all over. It's not just one person thinking, I need to keep this conversation going, you know, whereas you've got like two other guys there helping yeah. you kind of co-host, if you will. And it is, man. A time. But it's not about like... It, I was surprised that like you didn't ask, I, I thought you would have asked me more questions but it was just inviting it was more of you invited me into your night to hang out with you guys and yeah. that's how it felt and I yeah. loved that it was such a refreshing thank you man so, uh, you know when we started this thing we started it a year ago um, and honestly we just started it not like to not to I don't know get fo- like we didn't really do it for any other reason other than we just kind of wanted to do it. Yeah. You know, because we all listen to podcasts and stuff. And, uh, that's how I, Rogan started. Yeah, okay. Rogan started with just recording just with him and his buddies. Yep. And that's how he started. And now he's number one in the world. That's so cool. So. I, um, I, I certainly have a lot of fun with it. I, I, I'm a behind-the-scenes guy, and so when we first started, I was, like, incredibly nervous. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, when I go back and listen to the first episodes, I... There's a big difference. You can feel it in your voice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, it's like hard for me to listen to. <laughs> yeah, 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 same. Mine early ones are terrible. But again, back to what we talked yeah. about at the beginning of the podcast, you have to start. Yep. You have to go through that awkward phase and that tough phase and learn, and now you get to where you're at. It, it was it's a lot of fun it's uh it's one of my favorite parts about beer hop is is the podcast and i'm glad you said the hangout because that's exactly what we're going for we actually i have a couple things in my head that i want to ask and josh does too and, and john but like really the conversation sort of just kind of steers itself yeah and that's what we that's what i love about it so much because it is like we're just hanging out we're having beers and it's that's exactly how i felt like we're not inter- really interviewing we're all just kind of hanging out and talking mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it was yeah. It's exactly that, and it's just like you're hanging around around the table. You got microphones in front of you, but you'd be talking about the same stuff if the microphones weren't there. Yeah, and that's like it's a real life conversation, right? It's yep. not like curated in any way. Yeah, you've got a few questions because you're generally curious about certain things. Because Josh, I think, was like, "How did you end up here?" Yeah, right? like that was like the easy you know, first question. Uh, yeah, awesome. Love listening to it. And for people listening, I'll link it below so you can go check it out. Um, finishing up, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're February 2024. What's the rest of the year look like for you? What do you have coming up? Um, summer, I, seem, I assume, is probably quite a big thing for you and events and weekends start to pick up. But what's on the horizon? Yeah, so uh, gearing up for the spring, you know, the, in Oklahoma, the spring and the fall, um, along with the holidays, are the busiest seasons for us. Um, 
we do a lot more business during those times. You know, I think it coincides with uh, being outside and outside coincides with events. And so events, uh, you know, mean business for us. And so we're doing things, we're, we're, we're making orders. And um, so, you know, I anticipate the spring being pretty big, you know, the further we get away from the sort of the shutdown, you know, I feel like every year gets a little bit better. Um, actually working on another project, uh, go figure. Uh, can't really talk about the details, but um, it's a it's another company with a partner of mine, um, and it's sports related. Okay. Um, so I, I'm I'm excited to be able to talk about it when I can talk about it. Uh, but maybe uh, maybe we'll chat and yeah. you know in six months or something like that, and I can tell you a little bit more about it. But basically, it's a it's another company, and I, I guess it to you know go back to what I was saying is I don't know I don't know when to stop. I guess I just keep doing things, and I I don't I don't. <laughs> so I, guilty. I don't know what kind of trouble I'm getting myself into basically yeah. well, we'll find out I think if you're the same way as, as I am which it sounds like everything generally comes is centered around one thing right yeah. and that's kind of how I try to build what I do it's like if I add something in then it generally has to circle back to whatever the end goal is and if you sure. keep doing that then it doesn't really feel like it's taking too much away from you yeah. it's not like you're jumping into left field and just like I'm going to open a coffee shop right like right. Yeah. You know, you're, you're staying within your industry exactly yeah like and, you know and working uh, and doing the things you do on a daily basis like you you meet people you learn new things and um, you know you um, I was listening to Jason's uh, podcast you know that you did mm -hmm. and he was talking about filling gaps, you know, it's kind of like, it's a little bit like that, right? Yeah. You just fill gaps. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll yeah. see if I uh, made the right decision or not, but either way, I'm, I'm giving it a shot. So people, if you're listening, exactly. just, just do it, man. Just do it. Yeah. Finishing up, um, since you love craft beer, if you could only drink fun, I'll give you five beers for the rest of your life. What Ooh. would those five be? They don't have to be Oklahoma City related, just five beers from wherever you travel. So, like, not styles, but specific beers. Specific beers. Okay. Like, you know, for example, a lively amber that I drank, which was lovely. Man, that is a tough question. I, I, I am going to have to put Coors Banquet in there. Uh, that's my go-to light beer. That's my that's my lake beer. It's my pool beer. It's the, uh, the, it's the day beer. It right? is, man. When I'm, when I'm having to do, or it's a tailgating beer. It's, it's when right. I'm having to do uh, full-time duty on, on beer drinking. I listened to, there was, do you watch Clarkson's Farm? On, I don't know. Okay, it's a brilliant show from back home in the UK on Amazon Prime. About to have season three come out. There is a, he has got in, he owns a farm and he's got into brewing beer. And the first, if on the on the show, the first time they get the sample back, they get everyone who works on the farm into the shop. And one of the guys drinks it. And he takes a big sip and he goes, "That's a session beer." Yep. And they're like, "What?" He goes, "Session beer." Like I could drink that all day. Like if you want to go on a session, this is the beer to yep. do it on. So it sounds like cause banquet banquet your session beer. It is, man. It okay. is. So and, that's, uh, that's number one. And I'll, I'll probably just eliminate local breweries to to eliminate any sort of uh, you know <laughs> I, I don't I don't want to make any uh, make anyone mad or anything like that yeah. or disappoint anyone. So we'll we'll just we'll just eliminate Oklahoma beers for the sake of this con or this question. Uh, but I'll, I'll Such say a politician. I know, man. Hey, man, I got to say, <laughs> I protect the business. Here. I got to take, take the business. Okay. Uh, sorry, people listening is no consumer advice. I know. I'm sorry. I've already said there's a lot of good beer here. Then there really is, but I'm just going to, I'm going to rule it out for this part. But yeah, um, Coors Banquet for sure. Um, we're talking about national breweries. Uh, I got to throw in Sierra Nevada pale. Okay. Oh my God. That beer is, that beer is wonderful. Um, what else? Uh, I'd have to add Bell's Two Hearted, uh, fantastic IPA. Um, man, that's a really good question. Probably say uh, North Coast um, Old Rasputin, very good Imperial Stout. Um, and one more. I'll say I'm gonna go back to Sierra Nevada. The I'll say Sierra Nevada is a Bigfoot okay. barley wine. Do you? I mean, thankfully because your clients are breweries, you, the fridge is always stocked, which I really appreciate. Coming over here and never feeling bad about grabbing a beer out of your fridge because it's <laughs> not like it doesn't cost you anything, so I don't feel bad. Um, but someone's got to drink them at some point. Yeah, I'm glad uh, you are. Yeah. Uh, Why well, I can't remember where I was going with that. 
I only had one, I promise. <laughs> With the, do you still, I know where I was going. Do you still try to buy that, the beers you mentioned from out of state? Do you still try and get those in every now and then, or do you save it for when you travel out there? I, I will, yeah, I'll still buy, I mean, full disclosure, I'll still buy national brands. Um, uh, but I, the majority of my uh, fridge at home and the majority of my beer here at Mint is local. Mm. Um, and it's, it's not just because they're my clients and it's not just because it's good beer. Um, but I'm a small business and I very much believe in small business. And so me and my wife really try to do our best to support small businesses. So, um, that, that goes the same for restaurants. That goes the same for grocery stores. We, uh, we do, I mean, we can't avoid, we can't do it all the time, but we do our best to support, uh, you know, put our money back into the other local businesses. So, um, th- that, is probably the biggest reason why we have so many uh, local beers in our fridge. Um, along with what I said, I mean, they're, they're good and they're our clients, but, um, but yeah, we like to, we like to support local, man. Yeah, no, you're right. There's so, and talk about beer, we can talk about beer forever, but talk about food too. Like there's so many great places Ugh. to go and eat and have a beer and, you know, and eat great food and, God, we're so blessed with so many great locations to eat food. It's one thing I keep saying to do more of is like I don't do enough food content. And so I need that is my plan this year is to do more food content, which will force me to go eat at a new restaurant like every single weekend. Just to go try something new. Um, I think my favorite, when people come to town, the favorite thing I like to send them is 405 Magazine did like a top 100 in Oklahoma. Yeah. Oklahoma City list. Um, People listening, you just Google top 100, 405 Magazine, top 100 places to eat, 405 Magazine, something like that. It'll come up. And it doesn't just list the places. It says what you need to get at the places. And so I don't know if Greg put it together or someone put it together and it's like, you know, bar abalata, double cheeseburger, right? Yeah. Or go to somewhere and get the dessert, whatever. Like it names all of them. So if people listening, you're like, I don't know where to start. Start there. Yeah. It's a hundred places. Greg's like, good, man. He knows. Loves it. So he's got a great story too, which I won't spoil. People listening need to go listen to that podcast because you would not expect uh, the story that he came out with. I'll just tell you that. It's, um, <laughs> It is very, very fascinating. Uh, but yeah, man, it's been a pleasure coming in. Thanks for having us. Uh, Anytime, excited man. To, uh, excited to keep our creative nights going whenever you will have us. It's been a blast and looking forward to the next one. Um, and thanks for doing my merch, man. I haven't started selling it yet. Uh, I think I did it a year ago. I still got a box in the in my You office. haven't sold it? Dude, I just, I've been giving them away. So, <laughs> uh, there's plenty of people wearing them. I just haven't uh, managed to... I, I don't know if I want to sell it. It's just nice when you, know, you give someone... Uh, it's nice when you give someone a hoodie or a hat or a t-shirt and so like you mentioned having a pop-up tent yeah. for the marathon last year I had like a tent next to the Hall of Fame I just gave out t-shirts to everyone that showed up to volunteer like, that's, that's cool. kind of a nice feeling that's cool man right? like, yeah. as much as it would be nice to have you know and I'm sure I will set up a merch thing at some point because it's just an extra stream of business um, and not have just black designs on <laughs> with black t-shirts with a white oh logo. come on I'll, how do you design black me? has its own place man I'll, I know it does I, lo- I look great in black um, I'll <laughs> yes, have you, you uh, yeah I'll have you design some like proper this is Oklahoma stuff that's that, that's what I'll sell um, but yeah man John it's been an absolute pleasure um, appreciate what you do love what you do thanks for having me on the podcast and for people listening I will put the link to John's business Mint Apparel and the Be A Hot podcast down below as well. So it's been a pleasure. Mike, thanks, man. Appreciate you. People listening, we will catch you next episode. Cheers. Hope you guys enjoyed that great episode. Thank you so much for listening. As always, huge shout out to our sponsors, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, sharing an Oklahoma story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at oklahomahof. Our other sponsor, the Chickasaw Nation, amazing sponsor they do amazing things for the state and they're always sponsoring something in oklahoma they're a huge supporter of oklahoma and without their support we wouldn't be able to do what we do and our third sponsor is diffie ford lincoln down in el reno now this one makes me so happy because these guys are great friends of mine um play a lot of golf together i've bought my cars from them do most of my oil changes down there, have a cup of coffee, hang out down in El Reno. It's a good spot to go. And not only are they great friends, but they provide a great service. So for over 60 years, a third generation family owned 
Oklahoma business. Down in El Reno, they're also in Bethany as well. So people in the Bethany area know the Diffies really well. But if you're looking for anything new used, um, Ford, Lincoln, or whatever, I'm sure they could find anything you want. Um, check them out, DiffieFord.net, and then on Instagram at DiffieFordLincoln. This episode is presented by Citizens Bank of Edmond. Citizens Bank of Edmond has been serving Edmond since 1901. They pride themselves on investing in the community and are here for all your personal and business banking needs. For more information, go to mycitizens.bank and follow them on Instagram at citizensedmond. As well as, go bank there because I bank there too. It's been a fantastic personal experience for me. I've had my podcast account there now, my podcast business account there now for a few, four years now, I think. And it's been fantastic. So definitely worth your time. They're a great group of people and they're always there to answer the phone when I forget my password because I seem to forget it daily um, so yeah go to citizens edmund and um, check them out it's been awesome thank you for listening we are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories for more great oklahoma content follow this is oklahoma on facebook and instagram